Welcome to Everyday Adventures. I'm Alexis. I'm Amy. We focus on art and adventure, and we want to encourage everyone to go find art and adventure every day. True. <laughs> Should I just dive in? I say dive in. Okay. Dive into your adventure, Alexis. <laughs> Tell the people. Last week, I spent a week in Savannah, Georgia. We actually had pretty good weather for most of it. At the end of our conference, I was finally able to get out and explore a bit. And I am a letterboxer. If you don't know what letterboxing is, it is kind of like geocaching, but with an art twist. There are all kinds of clues online uh, that you can get online. You follow the riddles or the clues or sometimes it's like an actual coded message and you have to decode the whole thing. <laughs> Those are way too difficult for me and I just say, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But some of them are fairly straightforward. Uh, like the one that I did this weekend, it took me basically on a really big tour of Bonaventure Cemetery, which is a historic cemetery in Savannah and it is absolutely beautiful it's right on a river has big beautiful live oaks with all the Spanish moss hanging down it is picturesque there's some crazy amazing sculptures there the carvings of the stones is kind of mind-blowing one of the ones that I walked up to was a headstone so like a traditional shaped headstone, but then it had a wreath or like a bouquet of lilies that had been placed on the headstone, but it was all carved out of one piece of stone. Ooh. So it was, it was just beautiful. But I really liked the fact that the letterboxing adventure took me to all of these different historic spots in that cemetery. I got to see all of these great sculptures and carvings and headstones and that particular letterbox riddle or clue or whatever you want to call it, it kind of became a story. They included all of the actual historic backgrounds of these people that were buried there. I could have just skipped to the end of the whole thing, looked at the final spot of where the letterbox actually was hiding. But that kind of lost the adventure of it. I did the whole thing and walked probably half a mile or more during that whole thing and kind of wove in and out of the cemetery. It was just a neat thing to do. I just commend the people who put together that entire letterbox because they did. It was even a two-part stamp. So Ooh. once you find the letterbox, you open it and there's usually a hand-carved stamp in it with a logbook. And then you take your own stamp and you stamp it into the box's logbook. And then you take the stamp from the box and stamp it in your logbook, which is kind of neat in, in general. But this was the first one that I had ever found that had a two-part stamp. So it had a background and then a detailed. Mm. So they did a really great job on it. I was impressed. So that was my kind of art adventure. Yeah. All in one. It was Cem great. Cemeteries are really cool. If you go someplace, check out the big cemeteries, even the little cemeteries. Just, yeah. There's a lot of interesting culture that happens there. Mm-hmm. 
it was just neat. There was a lot of neat stuff going on in that space. It was also, I think they called it Super Museum Day or something. I don't know. It was a Savannah thing. Mm. The tour guide that met us at the gate, not that we were on a tour, but she just met us at the gate. And she told us that it was Super Museum Day and that all the museums in Savannah were free that day. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, their tours at Bonaventure Cemetery are always free, Mm. but they were adding extra tours to their usual schedule. Ah. And they also were doing super tours, you know, like combining two tours into one. So it was an extra Mm. long one or something like that. But instead we did our own letterbox tour. It was cool. So what about you? I didn't really do much. That's okay. I haven't had very many wild adventures. Um, I got to play with puppies. Oh, puppies. Um, So I guess my adventure would, yeah, I got to play with little puppies that are probably adopted by now. um, Mm. Or just about to go up for adoption. Uh, One of my mom's friends fosters puppies. Only puppies. So, like... She always has puppies, and they're so cute. So yeah, I got to go play with some puppies for a bit. I'm sure that the puppies enjoyed it just as much. And they, well, we wore them out. They took a nap when we we left while they were napping. That is good. Um, And she's got an older dog, and he he then got to get some pets as well. So that was fun. They're just precious little things. That's cool. So yeah. Who does she foster through? She fosters through Wayside Waifs, which is a Kansas City shelter. That's a great shelter, too. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of good work. Adopt, don't shop. Yes, definitely. There's there's always cute puppies needing to be adopted if you desperately want a puppy. Even though I, they're cute, but I would never want one. <laughs> it was a tough time to train Winnie. But she's a good dog, so mm-hmm. she did a good job at that. But still, it was tough. Having a pup. Yeah. Go for those slightly older dogs. They need love, too. Yeah, they won't keep you up all night. You that, know? too. <laughs> you can you can put them in their, you know, their crate or on their dog bed and go to sleep, and they hopefully won't cry at night. Yeah. <laughs> or at least not as long as a puppy will. Yeah. We're going to move on to our fountain story, because Kansas City is the city of fountains. We want to make sure that everybody's... Learning more about our fountains. The most fountains in the whole world. In the whole universe. Universe. (laughs) More fountains than Mars. (laughs) That is a very true statement, I'm sure. Today I wanted to focus on Crown Center because it is one of the ones that's on year-round. I personally really enjoy them at Christmas when all of the trees have been wrapped in lights, twinkle lights, and... Go in at night. On the hour, they have a big show. A water show, I guess, is what you would call it. But it is timed with songs from the Kansas City Symphony. Mm -hmm. And they're piped through the speaker sound, the sound system there at Crown Center. And it's just a neat experience to wander around that whole Crown Center square. And in the winter, there's ice skating there. It's just a very Kansas City kind of thing to have fountains right next to ice skating or in the summer they have outdoor movies there sometimes they have little craft shows and stuff and and big shows like 
the Irish Fest, and there's all kinds of stuff that happens down there. In 2012, there was a big controversy because they shut down the ability for small children to play in the water. And there was a huge uproar. In fact, that is one of the things that a lot of people say to me even now. Five years later, they're still whining about it. And it's because that fountain wasn't actually made as a splash pad. It was made as a fountain. They just don't want kids to get sick. I think that's a pretty good reason not to play in it as if it was a splash pad. But people don't seem to understand that. Let's help people understand what's the difference between a splash pad and a flat fountain, fountain, I guess. Just a fountain. Yeah. A basinless fountain? Yeah, that's a a good way to put it. Because it has no basin. And so like the, the fountain, if you've never seen the Crown Center fountain, it's just jets in the pavement. Mm-hmm. That the only thing that divides it from the normal pavement that anyone can walk on is now a fence, like a small metal fence. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that kind of delineates, like, hey, you're in a fountain area, yeah. other than the water splashing up and down. Yeah. And before, there wasn't that fence, that barrier. So the difference between a fountain and a splash pad is the is really just the filtration system. Hmm. So a fountain is going to be filtering particulates out of the water that are going to clog up the system. So dirt and other foreign objects, there's all kinds of things that could be in there, but they're just going to clean the water so that it's not clogging up that system. Mm. Whereas a splash pad has a filtration system that is similar or exactly the same as a swimming pool where it is perfectly fine for you to get in and splash around in. Yeah. So there's a big difference in what that filtration system is actually pulling out of the water and what it's protecting someone from. So a basinless fountain, if someone takes a, a, if a kid poops in it, does not actually get rid of those poop particles, which Mm -hmm. are what cause people to get uh, all kinds of, Yep, What's stuff. the one, the norovirus? Oh, yeah. So have you ever had the norovirus? Have you heard about the norovirus? It's Ooh. spread by fecal matter. And fecal matter is generally everywhere. Yeah. You can't escape it. But you can not play in poopy water. Very true. But a splash pad will filter out that because it has chlorine, yeah. I'm assuming. Well, it has some sort of bacteria. Killer. Killer. Yeah. So it could be a chlorinated pool, like what most pools around the U.S. use, but then there's all different kinds of filtration systems available. It just depends on what part of the world you're in, really, as to what kind of filtration system is most common around there. Around here, it's definitely chlorine, but you could also have a UV filtration system where it actually kills it with UV rays. And then there's like salt water. There's all different other kinds of filtration products that it could be filtered through. And uh, that do all of the jobs of filtering, but without all of the chemicals being dumped straight into the water. Mm. Which is what chlorine does. Yeah. It just depends on what system is installed, really. So well, there you that's go. The... That's the difference between a splash pad and a basinless fountain. Yep. So, so quit asking. Quit asking and quit whining about the Crown Center one. Just <laughs> suck it up. Go to Zona Rosa and... Or take your kid to a pool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, now the Zonarosa one, or play in it and just you know suffer the consequences. Yeah, you'll just get yelled at. You will get yelled at and probably ejected because it is private property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Zonarosa, they actually installed a splash pad. Yep. So you can go over there, and they do pretty much the same things right there. There's also a ton of splash pads all around. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the Crown Center fountains. And I think they're really cool. They are pretty darn cool. So what do you have for our travel story? Well, I'm going to be combining our travel story and our art find, art moment. Who knows? Yeah, the art part. (laughs) I was just trying to think about like that, you know, just kind of how our viewers might not know the difference between our our viewers. Gosh, dang. (laughs) Our listeners might not know the difference between... A splash pad and a basinless fountain. Yeah. They also might not know a lot about art history. So as much as we can talk about, you know, recent art events, trying to... Change it up a little. Yeah, we're going to introduce you to some traditional artists, you know. That's good. We don't all have to be about modern art. We like it all. Yeah, all art's good. So what do you have for us? I want to learn. I'm going to be talking about Gaudi. Okay. Anthony Gaudi. Anthony Gaudi is a Spanish architect and artist. Really, the only way to experience Gaudi or to, you know, you can look at his works online, but really, Gaudi's works are an experience. And if you are thinking, how the heck do I know the name Gaudi? It's because of the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. I went to Barcelona for two days, and that included sleeping. <laughs> we did Gaudi. We just did Barcelona via Gaudi. That's so cool. Because if you have a short amount of time in Barcelona, you have to go to the Sagrada Familia. It's no no pictures do it justice. It's amazing. And it's not even finished. That is what blows my mind about that place. And one of the things is that it is in the process of being finished. They have raised enough money. They've got the funding they need to finish Gaudi's design. He died before he finished it. So they are finishing the Sagrada Familia. So one of the things I wanted to do was go see it before it was finished, mm-hmm. and then I will go back and see it after it's finished. Do they have a possible date that they're going to finish it? Um, it They started it in 2015, I believe, and they have a projected timeline of 10 years. Okay. So by 2025 or 2026-ish, wow. around that timeline, you know, it's, it's construction. It's yeah. It's going to fluctuate. They might get done a little bit quicker. They might get done a little bit later. I'm hedging my bets on it's going to be a little bit longer than they expected. Just because of Spain's economy and yeah. weather and all and construction. It never finishes on time. But let's think about that. The finishing part is going to take 10 years. It's not like they started the construction of the whole place in 2015. No. No, the finishing phase of the whole place is going to take 10 years. With modern technology and all of that, 10 years. That is what blows my mind. The construction was started in 1882, and it was started by architect Francisco Paula de Villar. My Spanish is not good, and it always defaults to Italian. (laughs) (laughs) And in 1883, Gaudi was involved. Gaudi is just unusual. He just has a really unique style. Each side of the Sagrada Familia is completely different from each other. Combinations of Gothic and Art Nouveau and then a bit of cubism on one of the exits. It combines all kinds of things and it is also one of the most 
colorful cathedrals. It's not a cathedral. It's um it's a basilica. There's only one cathedral per city because the cathedral is where the bishop or no, it's where the cardinal sits. There can be lots of bishops in the city. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of basilicas. Everything is a basilica, but only where the cardinal sits is the cathedral. Cool. So this is not a cathedral. It's a basilica. Okay. Which Basilica is a cool word, too. Mm-hmm. And it is a Roman Catholic basilica. It's just, it's so freaking weird and wonderful. Barcelona is just covered. It's where Gaudi spent pretty much his whole life. Um, so his works are all over Barcelona. And we kind of, the friends that I joined, one of them is an architect. Oh, So perfect. she kind of just took us on a tour and was like, these are all the places <laughs> we need to see. You can go up into the spires of the, um, I, if you go to a cathedral or basilica anywhere, go up top, get up as high as you can. It's incredible. It gives you a whole different experience. Even if you're slightly afraid of heights, just do it, go for it, try it, push yourself a little bit, but not too far. One of the most like kind of, it's a queasy experience in the sense that there are certain points on the Sagrada Familia where you can walk out these little doors and there are these tiny little like cloverleaf balconies. Oh, okay. So they're they're shaped like a cloverleaf a little Mm -hmm. bit. And you can look down at people going into the basilica. Ooh. Into the, yeah, the basilica. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm, (laughs) I've climbed things. I've gone pretty much up as high as I can in every cathedral and basilica I can get my hands on. But that sensation of, this is a very old building. This is a very tiny little balcony. (laughs) It was queasy because it wasn't scary. At certain times I would find myself just waiting near one as someone was taking a picture. We were just out there. And I would catch myself pressing myself against the the wall and like holding onto it. And I didn't realize I was doing it. And then I'd be like, what? Like, why am I doing this? Some part of my brain is just like, hold on. (laughs) It's that kind of feeling when you're near a a cliff edge and you know, part of your brain is going to be like, you could jump off of that. (laughs) Like, and your brain just automatically goes. This could be bad. (laughs) Think about what it'd be like to fall off of here. And the rest of your brain goes, um, no, no. Why, like, why would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> Don't go down that road. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so even though, like, I mean, my brother and my dad, terrified of heights, they would never do it. They would never go out on that balcony. <laughs> they would maybe stand at the door and go, that's great. But yeah, just that kind of, you get that kind of queasy, ooh, I'm a pie feeling. And it's a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of fear. Yeah. Every part of it is decorated. So, so you can only see some of the decorations of the Sagrada Familia by going up in the spires. And you can walk little spire to spire. Like, there's all kinds of little pathways. Oh, so it's not like you just go up one spire and then you have to come back down. No, and go you go the up next. and then you can go around. Oh. We didn't really know where we were supposed to exit. And so you can kind of <laughs> exit down any of the main spires. Mm-hmm. You got like a main spire and then three next to it. So it's, it's very mm-hmm. much threes. Everything is in threes. You know, you just get a beautiful view of Barcelona as well. Yeah. But then along with that, there is Park Guell. Part of the park is free, and you can kind of experience Gaudi's more. It's very, it all feels very organic yeah. and natural. Like, oh, like a lot of Park Guell is just stacked stone. Oh, I love stacked stone. And I love it because it feels so natural. Gaudi's doesn't feel natural. Okay. It definitely feels abstract. Okay. But yeah. it it's a very kind of like, 
nature inspired abstraction. That's cool. Like you can look yeah. and be like, this was not done for any form or function. Mm -hmm. This is purely you're having fun with, but it's not like with design. Yeah, you're not bringing in non natural materials. You're using those, but it's just colorful and fun. There's lots of mosaic. There's lots of tile. There was a fountain that had a lizard or something. And it's cool. just it's just kind of playful and goofy. That's but, cool. And it's just it's a very unique style. He likes having a lot of soft curves, and kind mm. of like an undulating feeling to um, his buildings. Yeah, I've I've noticed that in a lot of the pictures that I've seen of his work. One of the other ones that is Casa. Balto? I keep wanting to say Balto, but it's not Balto. And it's one that's fairly frequently Instagrammed. Mm -hmm. It's got the balconies and the kind of the curvy, bubbly. Oh, the windows. Yeah. Windows that mm -hmm. are, he likes a lot of stained glass. That's the thing that's mm -hmm. really uh, just amazing about the Sagrada Familia is the colors of the stained glass. Were you there at a time where the sun was coming in? Yeah, the sun was coming in when we were there, but I have a feeling that the sun comes in that, you know, it's Spain, it's sunny in Spain. Oh, yeah. That no matter what, you're going to catch the sun on some part of the basilica yeah. because of how it's designed to have that light so cool. beam in. But yeah, it is astounding. So there's Park Guell, there's the Sagrada Familia, there's Casa Balt Batlo, uh, some Spanish name, I'm sorry. I don't... <laughs> you can easily correct us if you would like. Yes, yes. Send us corrections all you want. It's decorative, but not in a tacky way. Yeah. And not in an overdone way, but every part of it is intentional. There's not like a blank spot just because they didn't want to put anything there or mm. just to leave it be open. Everything yeah. isn't very intentional. He designed a lot of small things as well. Like one of the things he designed was lampposts. Oh, cool. He was a very versatile mm -hmm. artist and architect. Yeah. So did he design, as an architect, did he design the structure or just the decoration of the, the structure? That is a very good question. Either way, I really like his designs, but that's the, it's one of those things that I'm interested in knowing. Oh, I was wrong. It's a minor cathedral and the, the cathedral is the seat of a bishop. And okay. a basilica is separate from that. Okay. Because in 2010, it was consecrated and proclaimed as a minor basilica. Gotcha. So it is currently a basilica. Okay, so the construction has slowly progressed since his death in 1926. Oh, okay. Um, and less than a quarter of the project was complete. Wow. So the Sagrada Familia was only a fourth of the way done. He passed away, and it's slowly been working on it, but it it passed the midpoint in 2010. Man. So 2026 is the projected completion, and it's the centenary of Gaudi's death. Oh, yeah. So they're aiming for that. So we have a few years to plan a trip to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. One of the interesting things about Gaudi is that he only had one uh, woman he really kind of was infatuated with and kind of loved, mm -hmm. but she didn't love him. He just devoted himself to his work and his faith and just poured his life in that direction. That's cool. And that's, I mean, it's really interesting to see 
when artists put what they're doing before the relationships in their lives. Mm-hmm. So you got to see several of his works. Yeah. What was your favorite piece that you saw? Like, was it the Sagrada Familia? Or, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Or was it a certain piece in the park? Or what? I mean, it's it's the Sagrada Familia. Specifically the, the nave. Okay. What about it? For how large it is, it doesn't seem cold. It has just a really interesting warmth. And I, th- I mean, part of it is the fact that it is, it was a very sunny day and it was very, it was just beautifully lit. And we had sun coming in from, you know, we went around noon. So we had sun coming in from both sides. Yeah. It kind of is vaguely reminiscent of like palm trees or a forest. Oh, so you don't have a very, it doesn't feel cold. It doesn't feel serious. Yeah. Or strict and structured. Mm-hmm. It just feels comfortable. And it feels very peaceful and quiet and relaxed. It doesn't have kind of the ominous tone that a lot of other basilicas and cathedrals can have. Yeah. Where they're imposing. You know, if you are a member of the Christian faith, then you yeah. you kind of know that, like, the churches reflect, you know, God. Yeah. A lot of times with, like, medieval cathedrals, it's a very imposing, almost oppressive and harsh. Yeah. Environment, when you go in there, you don't feel comfortable talking. You, you know, you naturally whisper. Yeah. Because the the place is imposing. Yeah. And that's the representation of God at that time of very much like, you will follow these rules or you will suffer damnation. Yeah. The Sagrada Familia doesn't have that. Interesting. It's very open. There's no heaviness to it. It feels light. Does it feel um, welcoming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very you, cool. I mean... You can see pretty much every part of it. There's nothing really being blocked. It's not, uh-huh. like I said, it's not overly ornate, but everything is intentional. Even down to the color of the pillars, the type of stone, where those are from, how many columns there are of each kind of stone, wow. the number of windows, what's happening. Just, I mean, everything about it is calming and peaceful. You could just spend all day in there, and there's only a couple of ropes defining an area of, like, this is for people to pray in, mm-hmm. not for people to, like, the only thing they'll do is tell you, like, oh, like, don't take pictures. Yeah. Like, while you're in this area, this is not for taking pictures. Yeah. This is for coming into and worshiping. This is, you know, this will always be, and it's the center of the nave. It's not right in front of the, the pulpit altar. Yeah. and the altar, but it's a little bit back. It's in the middle and it's like, if you want to come in this area, that's totally fine. Like, we don't care. There's no services happening. There's no, you know, priests or bishops wandering around. Mm-hmm. And they do hold services, but they're very kind of structured times. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're just welcome to go in there. The docents are really nice. That's really cool. Yeah, so there's no. So you nothing... didn't get to attend a service there? No. The services were only on, I think it was like a Sunday. There was Sunday, Wednesday, and Saturday. I was not there during yeah. that time. It's unlike any other basilica I've been to. And part of it is, is that it's still being built. Yeah. No one's, it was only consecrated as a place of worship in 2010 when they finished the roof. Wow. So once they could get a roof over everything, it wasn't finished by any means, but they could consecrate it. Oh my God. It was covered and they could consecrate it. But until then, it hadn't been used for anything 
official. It had been slowly being built, which is the amazing thing. It's, it's, it's a young cathedral. Even though it was started or basilica. in the 1820s. No, no, 1882. Oh, okay. But 1800s. Yeah. It's still a young building. It is. Which is also probably why it doesn't have that imposing, ominous feeling. Mm-hmm. Is that it's it's still new. No one's buried there. The only person that's buried there is Gaudi. Wow. Pretty sure. So <laughs> international critics regard, regard some of Gaudi's works as Baroque and, I love this, excessively imaginative. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great term to describe Gaudi's works. <laughs> I'm thinking about the perseverance that the people had to have who were building it, all who are building it, all of these years. Because, you know, someone came in in Barcelona and said, guys, for real, this has got to stop. Just leave it. I'm really impressed by the perseverance yeah. of the people in charge of, I mean, generations have been in charge of making sure that this is completed at some point in history. And it's only really been recently that people have been like, no, this is worth preserving. It's only recently been categorized as a World Heritage Site. Yeah. But in the, you know... Between the, his, after his death and up until probably the, I think it said like the 50s, 60s, he was considered excessively imaginative and Mm -hmm. they kind of just didn't, you know, take anything down, but they also didn't really push to have anything done with it. And I think the Sagrada Familia has been worked on because of the church. I think the church had a lot to do with pushing for its completion. It's really interesting that almost a hundred years after his death, that yeah, he's worth preserving, so... Antony Gaudi, Barcelona. Our Gaudi day, as we called it, our day <laughs> of Gaudi. Started with uh, two of the girls that I was with going to the farmer's market. Well, just really the market. If you're going to do this, get a knife. <laughs> or make sure you have one of the metal credit cards, because that's what we use to cut the cheese. <laughs> um, and we took that. We went to the Sagrada Familia. So we met up with them outside. No, we went to... Um, Casa Batlo. Mm -hmm. And then there's another little hotel down the street from it. And we just walked everywhere. Oh, cool. Um, So from where we were staying, we took the metro into the one place and met them at the one metro stop and at this, at Casa Batlo. And then we walked to the Sagrada Familia from there. And along the way, we stopped and, you know, we got some croissants and not croissants, but we got Spanish pastries because... That's what you do. Yeah. When you're in Europe, you just find a store that has pretty looking pastries and you go, I'll that one. (laughs) All cafes know the point. (laughs) (laughs) Point and finger numbers will get you everywhere. Perfect. (laughs) Um, And a smile. Just know how to say thank you and please and hello and you're set. (laughs) And then we walked from there Stopped by a couple other little buildings where it was really the architecture outside that was interesting and that was Gaudi's doing. And then the inside, we didn't really go in because mm-hmm. one of them, there was a huge line. It was just one of those things like the most interesting part is the outside. Yeah. And then we got to the Sagrada Familia, picked up all the things we needed. I took a picture of one of the tour guides with a man bun because <laughs> why not? And then from there, we went to, we walked to the park, Guell. 
and had a picnic there, like a little picnic lunch. Nice. And then wandered around there, almost got kicked out, didn't because we ran away. (laughs) (laughs) We might have climbed on a part of it we weren't supposed to, but we didn't damage anything. But the security guard saw us and he started to come tell us to knock that shit off and we just left. It was one of those things we knew we shouldn't have been doing it, but, you know, we did it anyway. And then from there, we went back to another uh, little, like, museum gift shop thing we kind of wandered about that was also part of a, that had a restaurant. So it was the interior of one of his buildings, and it was the restaurant connected to the hotel, mm-hmm. that what is now a hotel. I don't know if it was designed as a hotel or not, um, but we went in there and had some tapas. Oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. And then um, we went and found a cafe that Picasso hung out at. And cool. we had some more tapas there. Nice. I think that was called like the Three Cats or something. <laughs> that was all one day? That was all one day. Wow. That's pretty cool. Now I want to go to Barcelona. Bain has got some really, really cool artworks in him. Anyway, moving on. So if you are in Kansas City and you're wondering, what the heck can I do? You should check out the Bruce R. Watkins Cultural Heritage Center. It's all about Kansas City's history. It's about political and social activist Bruce R. Watkins, hence yep. the name. It recognizes the vast contributions that African Americans have made to the cultural development of Kansas City. Um, so go check it out. Show it some love. Tell them what's up. It's also right on the Brush Creek Trail. So if it is a nice day, you can always take a walk. On the Brush Creek Trail. Yeah. If it's also a nice day, you can also go check out the... Waterworks Park, which is actually in the Northland. It is probably my favorite view of the city from the Northland because it's up on a hill and you can go to this little turnaround. You just look out and you can see over the river and... Through down the woods. And, did, and through the... Well, it's through the woods first then over the river, and then downtown Skyline. So it's a neat place to go. But they also have a world-class disc golf um, course. Course. There we go. I was like, center? No, that's not right. So, uh, But they have a few little trails to walk on, and it's definitely hilly, though. So if you aren't up for walking on hills... Don't go there. Or if it's a slippy, slidey day, muddy or icy, mm-mm, not the place to go. But it, it it has some beautiful views of the city. It's really a great place to go at night and see all the city lights. So, great. there's two options for great places to go in Kansas City. Anything coming up that the people need to know about? Well, keep an eye on our Instagram and our YouTube for upcoming videos that we've got coming. And uh, I'm going to Thailand and then Singapore after that. So when she gets back, you'll get to hear all about cool stuff to do in Thailand. Yeah. I hope you eat the hottest peppers there. (laughs) I don't know if I'll be able to. I I will try. I hope you will do it by accident. Oh, no. Because that will be hilarious. (laughs) I don't know if I'll get it on video then. Well, just make sure you're... Just strap that GoPro to your mom. Your your GoFro. My GoFro. Your Fo. Fro-po. Your fake GoPro. Yes. It's the GoFro. The GoFro or the GoFo? GoFo? I don't know. GoFo just sounds like you're about to say go-fo yourself. It does. It does. 
<laughs> we always wrap up with things to be happy about. True. What is your one thing to be happy about? No, no freaking clue. Excellent. Give me a minute. Well, if you have one, go. My one thing to be happy about is travel. I went to the East Coast this week, this last week, and next week I'm going to a different continent. Pretty excited about travel in general. I'm going to go with having the house to myself. Ooh, that's a good one. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I don't have to share anything with anyone. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah. There you go. Avocados? No, you just get one. Next week, next time, you can say avocados. Okay, well, you can pick. You can pick which one you want me to be happy about. Okay. It's either Home Alone or avocados. Home Alone the movie? No, not Home Alone the movie. (laughs) Well, we got to go dress as superheroes, so. It's true. (laughs) Bye. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Definitely check out our videos. We put a lot of time and effort into those, and... I enjoy it. Um, can I just say my mom genuinely used the phrase the YouTube the other day? <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I gotta go look at things on the YouTube. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I laughed and then told her mom it's just YouTube. Yeah. She's like, what? And I was like, you just say, ah, I saw a video on YouTube, not the YouTube. The YouTube. <laughs> like, there, and just made me laugh. Because, like, that's how... You know, younger people will make fun of older people. They're like, oh, yes, the YouTubes. <laughs> and she genuinely did it. That's awesome. I love your mom. I have a feeling I might have influenced her because I sometimes sarcastically say the YouTube. That is most likely true. And uh, she might not have realized I was being sarcastic. <laughs> anyway, find us on the YouTube. <laughs> also, please make sure to share this podcast with all of your artsy, adventurous friends. Um, also, if you're listening to this, leave a comment. Um, tell if us your they're name. not listening to this, they're not gonna... <laughs> Amy's flipping me off now. Yeah. Thank you. All night long. <laughs> um, Try it again. I've if you are right now listening to this, you can hear the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Pick up your keyboard or do whatever you have to. Touch it and get it to come up on your tablet <laughs> screen. And type in... Your name, um, figure out how to do one of those little symbol middle finger things, um, <laughs> leave an emoji, leave a bitmoji, just give us a holler on the comments. Yeah. And just, uh, if you've, uh, yeah, say hi. We'll chat with you. Absolutely. We'd like to hear from you. We'd love to hear. If you have questions or comments. Yeah. Or witty remarks. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Thank you for listening, and thank you for our music by Dr. Trey Vectold. Not a medical doctor, (laughs) but an academic, PhD. Yep. Not an MD. (laughs) But thank you, nonetheless. Could could be a musician. Well, I mean... I mean, he is. He is, clearly. He did our music. So, thank you. Remember, art and adventure are everywhere. Go find yours.